You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Two tight ends. Snap. Play action to Jacobs. Fires Adams at the 15. Has the 10 with the block at the 5. Stiff arm at the 2. Touchdown, Devontae Adams! Raiders march the opening drive. 75 yards for a touchdown to Devontae Adams. His first of the year. And the Raiders go up 6-0 less than three minutes into the game. This is Unnecessary Roughness, live at the Splash Cantina inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. Q. We are here at the Oyo Hotel and Casinas inside inside the Splash Cantina. I don't know what I just said there, but, you know, it is what it is. The Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Splash Cantina. Put that together three times fast, and then you got a little something-something. But we're here on Monday Night Football for Monday Night Football, and uh, we encourage you to come on by. We've got all kind of prizes for you, all kind of hookup for you. We also have this annoying-ass fly that keeps flying around my face, and I don't know if I've got, like, a horse's tail or something, but it feels like, dang it, this dang fly. You know, there's always, like, one little element that's messing with you. I always laugh and, uh, and say that, you know, horses always have a bunch of flies around their backside, and I feel like I'm a damn fly right now with this damn or a horse. I don't know what I feel like. I feel like this damn thing is not working, but this fly is pissing me off. <laughs> so anyway, it's happening. I'm going to get it. Before the show's over, I'm going to catch this fly in the air. <laughs> I promise you're going to hear a big on the air, and that's going to be me catching this fly. And it's one fly, just one. Like it just knows that it's going to irritate the mess out of me, and it's doing that right now. But there's a couple different things going on at the Oil I want to tell you about real quick, and then we'll get to some calls. Uh, they have the awesome weekly slot tournament. You can win to $1,000 of free slot play. That's every Tuesday and Thursday from 1 to 3 p.m. So if you're into that, you got to make sure that you, uh, you come on by and get hooked up. Really good opportunity for you. And then also, we had Stoner Man come by uh, from Raiderhead. Uh, they're having a big party going on uh, September 23rd. That's the night before the home opener of the Raiders, and it's going to be right here at the Oyo. So if you want to hear Raiderhead play, uh, shout out to him. We've seen him many times at the Rockstar. Of course, uh, sometimes you hear JT earlier in the in the show. Uh, he'll play some of their music, and, of course, they're representing uh, Raider Nation and the Raiders. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Stoner Man for stopping by and saying what's up. And uh, also Raiderhead will be playing here at the Oyo. Saturday, September 23rd at 9 p.m. So if you want to check them out, feel free to do that as well. I'm going to hear from Christopher Smithson. Uh, He won tickets to the Raiders game. We'll hear from him in just a little bit. But let's go out to the phone lines first. Let's talk to our guy, Mitch, from New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mitch? How's it going, Q? It's good, except for this damn fly is pissing me off. You know, maybe you're a stud. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Mitch? Raiders point. I'm really disappointed to see with all the offense that uh, season stalled off like this. You know, the Raiders and Chargers seem to be cursed. Um, and you see what uh, I just came in and they, and they get no pass rush. When do they start counting the days for uh, Aiden O'Connell if we lose the next two? Will be soon? Ooh. Ooh, thanks, Mitch, for the call. I don't, I don't think, it's, I don't think that's, it's that time already. When you're 1-1 one one on the season, you got a 17-game season, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's Aiden O'Connell conversation time. I really don't. Now, again, I think a lot of the issues that the Raiders are having are on the same side of the ball that they've been having it on is the defense. So I don't really think that uh, Aiden O'Connell right now is the solution because is he going to get after the next quarterback? Is he going to stop Josh Allen for throwing for 200-something yards? Is he going to stop their running back from running for 183 yards? Like, I don't see that. I don't, I don't see that being a Jimmy G problem. Does things need to get better offensively? Yeah, absolutely. There's still room to grow. 
But I don't think it's the Aiden O'Connell conversation yet. At least I don't think so uh, at this time. I, I, again, two, week, two weeks into the season, it's too long of a season to be talking about the backup quarterback who's currently the emergency quarterback uh, on the depth chart. Let's go out to Raider Row. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Row? Hey, what's up, Q? How's it going, man? I'm good, except for this fly. Hey, you got to do Biagi, man. Get those chopsticks on that fly, <laughs> Wax on, wax off. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so my concern is, man, on our defense, man, when, when Max is slamming up field and then he cuts inside the tackle, it's like, whose job is it contained? I thought the defensive end comes up, contains, and works his way back inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then if we if we just playing this zone defense, man, I thought, and then like last year, they was like, oh, our defense, we're going to change it up each game and change it. But there's no adjustments in the game. We come back doing the same zone. They throw up 30 points. They throw up 38 points. I'm like, where's the adjustment? I mean, where's the change? Is that zone defense the only thing we got going on or what, man? Yeah, I hope not. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Yeah, that zone uh, defense was way too soft of a zone, right? I, I understand playing a zone defense to a certain extent. I think guys like Marcus Peters uh, thrive in that zone defense as far as the corners go. But, yeah, that was way too soft of a zone where they just didn't allow Josh Allen to try to get anything over the top. I understand not getting beat for a big play, but at some point you got to come up and not allow them to connect the 10 to 12-yard passes. I think that they thought that that was the way to to frustrate Josh Allen. Similar, Remember they did that to Patrick Mahomes, not the Raiders, but other teams did that to Mahomes like last year where they said, okay, we're going to make him dink and dunk, and, and that's the way that he's going to have to beat us instead of going over the top. And there was times where you saw Mahomes get frustrated. And I think Allen is kind of cut from that same cloth where he gets frustrated as well, not being able to try to hit the big play. But – he didn't get frustrated yesterday. He knew that he turned the ball over way too many times against – damn it, almost got it – against the, uh, against the, uh, the Jets. But he wasn't going to do that on, uh, on, on Sunday at all against the Raiders. So, uh, again, it was very unfortunate that they, were, they, they just made him look so good. And, and Jason Horowitz brought up a great point when he joined the show earlier. Russell Wilson was – you know, he was pretty efficient as well against the Raiders week one. They just were able to overcome it, and they made some adjustments in the second half where they only gave up three points and only 42 yards to them. But, you know, a lot of that also had to do with Sean Payton kind of going away from what they had done successfully in the first half. So the Raiders have got to find a way to tighten up that defense and make things make things better. And, and I think that, that, you know, that press man-to-man, you're going to have to start playing that a little bit, right? You're going to have to make it difficult. And I know that there's elements of that that, you know, can work against you if you don't do it correctly, but – they're going to have to do something because that, that zone was way too soft of a zone to be able to be an effective defense on Sunday. Let's get another call in from Raider Debater. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Hope it's all is well, King, man. <clears throat> I'm trying to stay as positive as possible, right? you know, right. With, with seeing this, this game and already predicting earlier in the season that they will probably go 0-2. So them being 1-1, I guess, exceeds the expectations that I had. But there's still a lot to be – uh, concerned about and mad and quite frustrated about with this Raiders team. But I do want to congratulate, hate, and debate uh, from what I saw on Sunday and in my assessment of the Raiders so far. So I want to start off positively and, and cr- congratulate. And who I want to congratulate is Divine Diablo, man. Bro, in the last two games, has played at pretty much a Pro Bowl level, which is kind of refreshing for a Raiders linebacker to be, you know, playing at a Pro Bowl le- uh, right. level. And for us to be any better, he was one of the pieces that would have to step up this year. And, and the first two games, he has exceeded expectations. So I'm happy about that. Honorable mention to Marcus Epps and Robert Spillane. Those boys are out there being active, and you definitely notice them. They pop off the screen uh, when you see them. So shout out to them as far as honorable mission. <clears throat> now, pretty much eight. 
Um, first off, let me start with Josh Daniels. Josh Daniels stinks. What are they doing in the locker room at halftime or at practice on these particular days? Because when you look at it, offense, defense, and special teams in both games made huge mistakes, losing mistakes, all three phases of the game in both games, and probably should have lost both games. What is he doing to motivate this team or get this team ready? Because they do not look like they're ready, especially coming out of halftime. I don't know if they're in there eating orange slices and PJs and PBJs, but they're not getting it done. They're not devising the plan. How many times have we seen the Raiders come out in the opening drive, score a touchdown, and pretty much do almost nothing for the rest of the game? Peep game on this, Q. The first two games that we've had already against Denver and us, Buffalo, the first two drives, two possessions, two touchdowns, 14 points. All the rest of the possessions in these two games, that's 13 possessions, 13 points. That's unacceptable. Pat Graham stinks. That nickel zone predictable 4-2-5 coverage defense is disgusting. No pressures, no sack, only two sacks in two games? Come on, man. Like, why are we sitting Chandler Jones? Get that man in the game. At least he'll do something. Tyreek Wilson, I'm sorry. He stinks right now. You know what I mean? Like, I seen a play where he was rushing Josh Allen. Josh Allen rolled out to the right and threw the ball, and Tyree Wilson stopped, like stopped running after him, where if he would have kept continuing running, he might not have got a sack, but at least he would have got a quarterback hit and maybe even possibly like destroyed or messed the play up. But he literally stopped on the play. So I don't know what's going on with Tyree Wilson, but right now he stinks. And speaking of rookies and Raider rookies, the Raiders rookies stink right now. I'm so tired of the drafted players that we have not contributing to anything. Wilson runs like an old lineman out there. Michael Mayer stinks. He's been getting blown off the ball, and he's doing nothing but getting penalties. Jacorian Bennett stinks right now. Byron Young stinks. Raiders O-line run blocking stinks. Uh, I can't believe I'm even saying this right now, Q, but Josh Jacobs stinks. He looks chubby and slow right now. I literally thought it's actually Tyreek Wilson back there running the ball most of the time. That's how it kind of looks. The D-line stinks right now. Marcus Peters stinks. We're actually right now minus four in turnovers right now. That's losing football. And just like you said, we actually had two turnovers that we had that got called back on penalties by our defense. So everything right now looks horrible. But what I want to debate is if we look so good with these scripted plays that Josh McDaniels comes out with, the 15 or 20 scripted plays he comes out with every single game, and then we look horrible after that, why don't we just script all the plays or script plays coming out in halftime, too. Don't you think that would work a little bit better? Maybe we just need to script the whole game like a video game. Because without those scripted plays, McDaniels and Patrick Graham are horrible play callers. Right on, Q. Thanks. Hey, man, thanks for the call. Raider debater right there. And I guess the way to summarize this call is everything stinks. Everything stinks. Maybe that's why this damn fly is flying around me. Maybe I got a little stank, too. What's up, dog? Maybe I got a little bit of stank on me, too. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, look, again, I understand the frustrations. I'm not going to overreact and call everything a wash and say everybody stinks after two weeks. I'm definitely not. I think that there's some room to grow. There's plenty of room to grow. I think Tyree Wilson is a work in progress. I think we all knew that going in. That's why I said many times on this show, I, you know, hey, if he gets four sacks this year, four sacks similar to what Khalil Mack got his rookie year, I think that's a successful season. I don't think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be like gangbusters when Max was a rookie. He got, what, ten sacks that year? I don't see that happening with Tyree. I just think that he's going to develop slowly, but it's a long-term play. As far as Chandler Jones goes, 
I look, man, I'm out on that conversation until we know more. There's so much going on with that situation that I don't even want to touch it because I have nowhere to – we could spend a whole hour talking about that situation, and we still wouldn't come to a conclusion because none of us, and I mean none of us, have any idea of what's going on with him behind the, behind the scenes. All we see is what he's posting on social media, and that's only part of the – that's only part of the, the conversation, and that might not even be fully his part of the conversation, right? So there's a lot going on there. I'm not going to touch that. Um, the rest of the guys, they're, they're, look, you're, you're expecting a lot of rookies to go in there and play. Ja'Korian Bennett, I expect him to be better. He wasn't good on Sunday, bottom line. Um, you know, Michael Mayer, coming along slowly. Uh, I expect him to be good at some point. He, uh, you know, he's got the tools to get it done, but they've got to go and do it. Uh, Josh Jacobs, there's a lot, a lot, of, there, a lot of conversation there. You know, the offensive line didn't block very well. He had Ed Oliver in his lap before he ever got going. But I think a lot of that's on him as well. And I think he'd tell you that, too. He's missing, he's missing the timing with the blockers. Um, you know, it just there's, there's a lot to go into it. And everything really comes out and rears its ugly head when there's a big-time loss. Right? If you have a win, it's a little bit easier to, to worry about. I mean, even last week we talked about it. Even with the 17-16 win, there's still a lot of room to grow. But it's easier to say, hey, we got a lot to clean up coming off a victory than coming off a loss. Coming off a loss is like the sky is falling. So I understand your frustration. Definitely appreciate you. And I know that they've got a lot of work to do, and they know that they've got a lot of work to do. Matter of fact, Coach McDaniel said that earlier today when we talked to him. And we'll get to some sound from head coach Josh McDaniels. But before we do that, last week on Friday we had, uh, we had the Fan Day, the first ever Fan Day Friday, uh, thanks to Boyd Gaming, which is the official local casino partner of the Raiders. We had two winners that came out of that. Dan Smith, he got qualified on the morning tailgate with Clay, Lindsey, and Vinny. And then Christopher Smithson, who got qualified with JT the Brick. Unfortunately, nobody came out of this show as a winner. But that's all right. I'm greedy. I still want to be able to talk to the winner. So a little earlier today, had an opportunity to catch up with Chris, Christopher Smithson. Here was that conversation. Hello? Hey, is this Chris? Yes, it is. Chris, how you doing today, my man? Good. Who's this? <laughs> this is Q. Q over here at Radio Nation Radio 920. Oh, cute, my man! Oh my God, I listen to y'all every day on my way to work and on my way home. Nice. I, I, well, we we appreciate that. What'd you uh? What'd you think about that game or that lack of the game on Sunday? Oh man, you know, I I knew my defense needed a lot to work on. So with the offense, so maybe this homecoming. You know, them being in our stadium is going to give them the jolt they need to move forward. Hey, we're we're tied first place, so that's all good. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know what I think that the you know what I think the Raiders really need this upcoming week. What's that? I think they need you in the building to help support them. How about that? Yeah, that's that, that's what's up. That's what I need to be. I need to be there. All right. You know, I'll give them that juice. All right. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that because you're going to be in the building, man. You're going to bring that juice. We're hooking you up with a pair of tickets. Oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. You, it wasn't a loss at all this weekend, man. Right? No. <laughs> yeah, you got a uh, you got in to win on JT's show, and thanks to Boyd Gaming, man, we're gonna give you a pair of tickets to this game on uh, on Sunday against the Steelers. So you're gonna be in the house, but you got to bring the juice, my man. You got to bring the juice. Yeah, that's what's up. All right, man. <laughs> man. 
And, and you know what's great? You know, I, 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 something I won on Friday about memorabilia. I have to go to you guys' radio station and pick that up. So I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, yeah, that was the qualifying prize right there. That got you. Uh, that got yeah. you in to win for the tickets. So now, not only are you getting that qualifying prize, but you're more importantly getting the tickets. It's Sunday night football. It's prime time. Uh, and again, thanks to Boyd Gaming, the official local casino partner of the Raiders. You're going to be in the building. And all your responsibility is make sure that the Raiders win. That's all you got to do. <laughs> man i'll make sure no one's leaving that stadium until they win there you go that's what i'm talking about well hey we're gonna bring that juice that's right well congratulations my man i'm gonna have our promotions department reach out to you and make sure that you're taken care of but uh thanks so much All for right. listening to the radio station we definitely appreciate you uh that's what's up man q y'all have a good week Chris Smithson right there. That was a conversation I had with him a little earlier. Uh, also got a hold of our other winner. That was Dan Smith. So uh, you'll hear from that. You'll hear from him probably in uh, about 15 minutes or so. Uh, just like to let you hear uh, the guys that win. You know, whoever wins here on the radio station, especially when it's a big prize like tickets to the game or the Ultimate Raiders hookup, definitely want you to hear uh, the winner. And, and uh, again, it makes a bad game. You heard him right there. Hey, there was no loser this weekend then. The Raiders lost, but uh, being able to get those tickets and be in Allegiant Stadium this upcoming Sunday, uh, that's a nice consolation prize and pretty excited about his opportunity. We've got plenty of winning on the way. As I mentioned, we have the Ultimate Raider hookup. Plus, we'll have more fan, uh, fun day, fan day Fridays, but courtesy of Boyd Gaming. We definitely appreciate you. Of course, they're the official local casino of the Silver and Black. So uh, they got more of that on the way. We'll also get to your calls and texts. Matter of fact, before we get to some uh, sound from head coach Josh McDaniels, let's go ahead and take this call right here. Uh, our guy, Vegas Pete, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Thank you. I sent you a couple of text messages, but I guess you didn't get time to read them. I haven't got uh, to you yet. I got a thousand of them, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's complaining about Sunday. It's like, we get four home games in a row. They're all winnable. We're going to get Pittsburgh, Chargers, Packers, and Patriots. And I call L.A. our home game. Anyway. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I'll pick it, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah, so I think we can win four of these, at least three of them, and that would look real good on our record. So I think we got to look forward and not back. All right, hey, I hear you. Great call, Vegas Pete. Thanks so much for that. I appreciate you. And that's the thing about it, man. You're only two weeks into the season. You pick up this win on Sunday night against the Steelers, and that's your job. Your job is to go 1-0 and every week. Not worry about the next four, next five. Next six, next seven. Not you know that's that's not the job of the Raiders. That's our job to talk about it. Their job is to go and win, win the week, one game at a time. You win this game against the Steelers, then you do have a good game in L.A. against the Chargers in a game where you know your fan base is going to show up in a major way and really represent. And so there you go. You have an opportunity to get onto a win streak, but you got to win one game before you can win two. You can't get a win streak if you don't win that first one. So uh, this is going to be a very important game. And again, I go back to what Ed Graney said earlier today when he was on the show. I want to see. And I learned a lot about this team on what they do following a bad loss like they had on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. How does this team rebound? The one thing that I was told, and I was told this by a high school football coach back in Texas, Q, you cannot allow one loss to beat you twice. If you allow it to beat you twice, you're going to allow it to beat you three times. If you allow it to beat you three times, it's going to be a snowball effect. Then you're, you, you might as well be out of it. So you've got to flush it. I'm not saying don't look at the film, don't study and learn from it, but you've got to learn from it and move on from it. And then, boom, go on to the next game. You've got to be on to Pittsburgh. We're talking about the game right now. We're talking about yesterday's game. But, honestly, after today, the Raiders shouldn't even be talking about it. We'll probably reference it a few times, but they've got to move on. They've got to let us do the, the reflecting, and all they've got to do is move forward and figure out how they're going to improve on what they did and what they saw on, uh, on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. But, Vegas Pete, thanks so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. 
Again, we'd like to hear from you at 702-365-9200. In the meantime, in between time, I uh, do want to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. And uh, today at the at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, and you heard this, so we actually aired this live on, on Radio Nation Radio 920. The morning tailgate had an extended show today, so shouts out to them. They stayed on until 11 a.m. Here was the opening thoughts of what Coach McDaniels had to say about the Bills' loss. Like I said yesterday after the game, uh, we didn't do – we didn't do enough well to really win in any phase of the game, and so um, give them credit. Uh, they're a good football team, well coached, and played and coached much better than we did yesterday. So uh, this is going to be a, um, you know, should be a good day for us to learn um, about what we need to do better and how all of us can contribute to a better performance. And um, it's our choice as to how we use this. You know, you can either use it as a huge positive and grow and um, get significantly better and improve or, um, you know, or, or not. So uh, we're going to try to do that today. So there you go. That's kind of what we were just talking about. You know, you, you can use that film and you could grow from it. Like, I'll, I'll never say that a loss is a positive. Like, I'll never say a loss is a positive. I hear people say, oh, it's a good loss. You know, it teaches them this, that, and the other. No, no, no. No. You can have a, a, a bad-looking win or an ugly win like we saw last week. That's fine. But there's no good losses. Right, and I understand what he means from it, though. I understand he's still looking for this team to grow and bounce back from it and be a teaching lesson, but I'll never in my life believe that there's such thing as a good loss, ever. It's just, <laughs> it's just not part of the program as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, there's, there's plenty of room to grow and there's plenty of teaching moments uh, moving forward. How about Josh Jacobs? He obviously struggled, nine carries, negative two yards. That'll probably never happen in the career of Josh Jacobs again. But here's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the struggles from J.J., no, I think I mean there's no shortcut to it. Um, you know when you when you're going to run the ball, um, I think a lot of people have to do their jobs well. Um, it's no different than pass protection. You know in the passing game. I mean on offense, if you want to have a successful play, you're going to need 11 guys to uh, do what's asked of them, or at least do it competitively. Uh, we may not win every matchup, but we got to do it um, certainly better than what we did yesterday for sure. Um, you know, so it, it's it's not one thing. You know, um, got to block the right people. We got to sustain our blocks. We got to finish. Um, if we have an opportunity with double teams, we got to you know do a good job of moving our double teams and create an entry point. We got to read the runs. You know, the way JJ reads them and, and get downhill. The receivers got to block. You know, we got to get a body on the linebackers. I mean, you name it, we did it. We didn't. We took a turn, um, not doing it um, nearly well enough. So. Um, you know, and that's that's my job, and we'll we'll get it fixed. And obviously, it's a tough pill to swallow for head coach Josh McDaniels and the rest of the team, right? I mean, again, you feel like that the the bread and butter could be the run game and getting going, but it just wasn't there, and it was you know only there limited uh, amounts on uh, on on last Sunday against the Denver Broncos, but they were able to get at least something going. They got absolutely nothing going in this game at all. Of course, uh, you know, Zamir White had a couple runs late in the game and then fumbled, so there was not a whole lot to think about there. And that impacts, in my opinion, again, I went back to the question that I asked uh, to start the show about the, the, what you can learn from this game. I think one of the things you can learn is that this, this team is not going to be one-dimensional. If this team is forced to be one-dimensional, they're in, they're in a bad place. Jimmy's not going to just throw the ball around the yard and carry them. I think there's got to be a good balance. And so here's Josh McDaniels talking about how the bad runs are impacting this offense. I mean, it, look, every time you hand the ball off, you want it to be second and six or more uh, if it's a first down play. So, um, you know, uh, a team that runs the ball well is averaging four and a half a carry or more. And, um, you know, we obviously 
Uh, we've had some experience running it well uh, last season, and, and we need to get back to, to what we have been uh, been good at in the past. But there's, again, there's no shortcut. Every guy, we, we all have a job to do. We have a we have a job to do as a coaching staff of putting together the right plan so that we have a chance to be successful. And um, we just got to execute better across the board. Like I said, there's no, you know, you could have six guys do the right thing, and you know the other four or five don't, and it's a problem. So. Um, the burden, uh, we, we all bear the burden and, uh, you know, starts with me and I got to do a better job of putting us in the right spots and, and we got to execute better. There you go. There's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about the bad runs, how they're impacting the offense. And again, that goes back to what I'm saying about the team has to be balanced. If they're not balanced offensively, we know that Jimmy G again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to harp on him. He's not a guy that's just going to be able to throw the ball 45 times and feel comfortable with that. Like the bills, don't really have a strong run game. I say that. They ran for 183 yards against the Raiders. They don't really rely on their run game much. It's really the Josh Allen show. They did that yesterday where they got Josh Allen got off and the run game got off. So that was kind of a surprise. Again, going back to the Raiders being their get-right game, which uh, if, if I'm the Raiders, I take that super personal, but that's just me. So the, uh, the run game's not there. So then now all of a sudden the Raiders become one-dimensional and they're trying to throw the ball around the yard. Problem is, it's Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs. That's all that really uh, were the targets yesterday for Jimmy G. And Hunter Renfro didn't get involved until very late in the game, about four minutes left in the game. So I asked Coach McDaniels earlier today about the disappointment not being able to get Hunter Renfro involved through two weeks. I mean, I'm, you know, I would say I'm disappointed just in our overall ability to be more productive than what we've been. Um, you know, and Hunter, again, Hunter's done uh, his job uh, the right way. And a lot of times the passing game, as you know, is a function of us doing the right thing. And also, we, you know, the defense gets a vote. You know what I mean? So um, depending on the coverages they choose to play, uh, it may open up some other things. Um, or it may give us an opportunity to throw a person like Hunter or the tight ends, whatever, the ball inside. So, um, you know, there's there was there's been some missed opportunities uh, on our part, uh, but I don't think that's a, a function of Hunter. Um, you know, so we just we got to do a lot of things better. You know, uh, he he should have gotten the ball more than he did yesterday. I think there was more opportunities than that. But um, you know, protection has to be good. Uh, reading the coverage has to be good. Blitz pickup. You know, there's a lot of things that will happen before you know any receiver or tight end will get the football. So. Um, you know, much to improve upon, but I'm not concerned about Hunter. Josh Medano is not concerned about Hunter, and, and look, I'm not concerned about Hunter either. I'm concerned about the, the way that they're targeting Hunter or lack of targets for Hunter. Again, I'm not pounding the table like he's got to be a guy that you target 10 to 12 times. He's got to lead the team, and I'm not that guy, right? I'm not saying he even has to be a starter. I realize that the position between him and Jacoby Myers are totally different, but especially the way that the Raiders are trying to use him, but he's a reliable pass catcher. He's a guy that can get open. He's a guy that can extend drives and have some really good, really good, uh, you know, contributions to this Raiders team. And for him not to be able to get that through two games is disappointing. My my point, right, is disappointing for him not to get involved. Only one catch through, uh, through two games and 23 yards. I, I just don't think that that's enough. That's not a way to use a guy who's making $16 million, right? I mean, I feel like that that's not a very, um, very good, resourceful way of using a, a player. And, I, and you hear Josh McDaniels right there. There are some times that, that he should have got the ball 
yesterday that he didn't get the ball. So uh, that's something that they've got to work on. I don't know the exact reason, and that's why I threw the question out there. What do you believe the plan is for Hunter Renfro? We'd love to hear from you on that at 702-365-9200. How do you think the Raiders plan on using him moving forward? Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And also, what lessons do you think can be learned from the Raiders' loss to the Bills on Sunday. Again, 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. We're here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Splash Cantina. Want to hear from you, so hit us up and let us know about it. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we come back at you from the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Splash Cantina. It's our Monday night hookup. Right now the Carolina Panthers are leading the Saints 3-0. I believe New Orleans got the ball back, so there you go. It's a doubleheader tonight. It'll be the Saints and Carolina, and then it'll be followed by Pittsburgh and the Cleveland Browns. So definitely pay attention to that second game, Raider Nation, so you can see what the next opponent will be for the Silver and Black coming up in the Pittsburgh Steelers at Allegiant Stadium. More winning on the way. We're going to put you into the building. We're going to get you hooked up like a dump truck. So uh, that's how we do around here. Got more sound from head coach Josh Daniels on the way. But before we get that, let's go out to the 408, San Jose, California. Let's talk to our good friend Robert. Robert, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Q. Uh, sure. I'm sure I'm late to the party here, but it seems like the Raiders' offense, the first two games, has just gotten bogged down with Josh Jacobs. Uh, uh, being force-fed the ball. Uh, this is what happens when you miss the OTAs and preseason and all the other good stuff that happens in the uh, offseason that you need to be a part of. Uh, I understand the, the business aspect of it, but it seems to me that he could have signed that same deal. You know, I'm sure they offered to him long before he signed it. And, you know, we have a, a running back that's getting his preseason in right now, and it's really bogging down the offense. And it seems to me that Josh McDaniels needs to understand that I know we need to run the ball at some point in time, but the strength of his offense so far has been throwing the ball, uh, doing a little more West Coast offense and using the, the short passing game as a running game until Josh Jacobs gets his legs under him and using Samir White a little bit more. But on the defensive side, what would you think about putting, just on passing downs, putting uh, the, the rookie inside at, at tackle and just having, as soon as the ball snaps over the ball, it's going straight forward towards the quarterback with Malcolm Coons and Matt Crosby on either side of them. It seems to me that seemed to be part of the plan going into it. It was on third downs to kick him inside. Can't we do that with Malcolm Coons too and just to – get our three best pass rushers on the field during obvious passing downs? Hey, great call, man. You know, and, and that's something to think about. That's something that Patrick Graham needs to think about is how to get the best pass rushers on the field at the same time. I love what Micah Parsons in Dallas has been doing. Uh, he lined up over the center a couple times last night against the Jets, and 
the center, I mean, if there's not an O-blank moment, I don't know what it is, right? Being the center and all of a sudden knowing Micah freaking Parsons is coming at you. And you know damn well you can't stop him. He's going to go left. He's going to go right. He's going to shimmy. He's going to pull up for a three-pointer. And, oh, by the way, he's going to get after you, get past you, and get to the quarterback. Right? I wouldn't mind seeing, and, and maybe this is something to think about, I wouldn't mind seeing Max on one side, Tyree on the other side, and maybe Malcolm Kuntz in the middle, depending on who's the faster guy. Right? I mean, they've got to find something. I, I like how you're thinking because at least you're thinking. And, and that's not a disrespect to you. I'm saying that's at least you're thinking of something. Because somehow, some way, Max Crosby cannot be the only dude capable of getting to the quarterback. And you can't blitz all the time. You know, I see people saying, blitz, blitz, blitz. Okay, that's great. You can blitz. But you know what happens if you blitz and you don't get home? You get burned. Right? It's like touching a, it's like touching a stove. You know, at some point, you're going to keep touching the stove and keep playing around, playing around, playing around. Eventually, that thing's going to be on, and you're going to get burned. You can't keep doing that all the time. It was great for Diablo to get home late by way of the blitz. It was great for Spillane to make a, you know impact in, in the pass rushing. But four, four sacks, as of the record, so far through two games, I mean, it's okay, but it's not what you need. Right, and, and even though I said, you know, the, the goal I was looking at for the course of the year, 40 sacks and 20 interceptions, well, they've got four sacks and no, no interceptions, no turnovers created yet. They've got to get better. It's got to be better than that. It, it really does. And uh, yesterday's game against Buffalo was a game that they really, really needed to get some, uh, you know, get some, some uh, more pressure on the quarterback. You get more pressure on the quarterback, you'll be, uh, you'll be okay. So, uh, there, there you go. So thank you so much for that call. We'll see what they come up with. But they got to come up with something. Kenny Pickett's rolling into town, and I don't think that he's a world beater, but he also is not no slouch. Like, if you just let him sit back in the pocket, he's going to pick you apart too, <laughs> right? Every quarterback in the league is talented, right? I don't want to say that these guys aren't talented, but there's levels to it, and the level will be determined by the kind of pressure you're able to get on it. But, Robert, thank you for that call, man. Really good stuff. Let's get back to a couple, uh, a couple sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels as we met with him earlier today. And speaking of Patrick Graham, he's up in the booth now. Right, He used to be down on the sideline. For the majority of his career, he's been on the sideline calling the play. So that was something that I wanted to make sure I wrote down, actually, to ask Coach McDaniels about, about the difference of Patrick Graham being in the booth as opposed to being on the sideline. Yeah, we, we had a long conversation about that um, in the offseason, you know, and there's, there's people that prefer it both ways. You know, you know, some people prefer to be down, some people prefer to be up. PG's been down most of the time of his career. Um, we kind of took a peek at it in the preseason and kind of liked the way he was able to see everything. So um, I've never called a game from up there. Um, obviously, I wouldn't do that now. So, But, I mean, I think there's plenty of coordinators in the league that, um, you know, they're up there. They, they feel like they got a great bird's eye view of what's going on, and you can see things more in real time um, and have an understanding of what happened or didn't happen. So... Um, I think we're, you know, feel feel decent about where we're headed in that regard. And, you know, um, so I think we'll stick with that. So there you go. Patrick Graham's going to stay in the booth, you know, and, and I've always wondered what was better. And I think it's for everybody. I think it's different for everybody. Uh, Dan Quinn there in, in Dallas is killing it from the booth, right? He's just he's doing his thing from the booth, and, and he feels very comfortable with it. Some coaches prefer to be on the sideline. They get a better feel. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense that you're able to see the whole grand scheme of things. 
But, uh, you know, whatever is the way that you get the most out of the players is what you need to do as far as a, a defensive coordinator, even offensive coordinator, right? I mean, whatever way you can call a better game plan, whether it's upstairs or downstairs, but clearly they're trying to tinker with things to try to get things where they need to be. Uh, I really felt coming into the season that the defense was going to be uh, better. I didn't think it was going to be lights out, but I, I didn't think it was going to be the Cowboys or the Jets, but I did think it was going to be uh, I did think it was going to be better than than what it has been, uh, at least what it was yesterday. Again, what they were able to do week one against the Broncos, being able to come up with some plays, and I really felt like they were a big reason why the Raiders were still in that game and won that game. So I'll, I'll tip the cap to them on that game. It wasn't lights out, but it was better than what it needed than 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 what it was yesterday, and it was what they needed uh, to win that game against Denver. Clearly, yesterday it was just bad, and and that's not going to win too many games. Let's go out to the five five nine real quick. Or is he gone? Did we lose him? Did we lose him? Uh, he he left. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Raider Raider Goose, that's all right. We'll, we'll, hey, we'll get you back, man, if you uh, have an opportunity. Let's get back into some more sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, also asked him about Max Crosby and the fact that the Bills said 98 ain't going to beat us, and they didn't. So how is that, you know, for everyone else along the defensive line, is that a teaching moment for him? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you designate two people to one person um, – you know, which we've done that plenty of times too. You know, we, I mean, look, that's a compliment to the player, you know, because obviously he's um, a hugely impactful player for us and he's been a great player for a number of years now. And a lot of teams do that, you know, and so, um, you know, if the offense chooses to do that, then they obviously are putting more resources into that than maybe running, you know, putting five people in the pattern, et cetera. So, got to be able to try to take advantage of it somehow some way in another way um, gives other people opportunities as you mentioned uh, because if he, they got two on him they usually have one on somebody somebody else or a lot of people uh, so you know there's opportunities that that are there that will present themselves we just need to be able to try to take advantage of it but um, look complimentary defense is when they do this to try to limit somebody they're going to give themselves an opportunity to you know, uh, there could be a weakness somewhere else, and, you know, that's just we got to find it, you know. And when those guys, uh, we have other people that can make plays, and when they do, then, um, then maybe some of that other stuff goes away. So, it, it, you know, there's no shortcut to that either. Um, when they do something to, to try to limit a strength of yours, you got to try to find another way to be impactful. There you go. And that's what it's all about, something we've been talking about. It's really kind of been the theme of the show, right? Uh, when they zig, you got to zag. So they zigged, and they said, Max Crosby, you ain't beating us. They said, Josh Jacobs, you ain't beating us, right? And, and Devontae Adams had a, had a good game going. Uh, obviously, he got hit late and looked like uh, he, he got a concussion, uh, but they, they, they evaluated him. He was not happy leaving the game. <laughs> uh, he, and then he got evaluated in the locker room, but Coach McDaniel said today that he's fine. So that's great. That's great news. There's no way the Raiders could afford Devontae and Jacoby Myers both being out. So it looks like Devontae is going to be good to go. I was wondering why in the hell that he was even in the game at that point. The game was already done. They're throwing the ball down the field, trying to stretch the field, and trying to come up with a big play. I get it that Devontae is a competitor, but, man, there's 15 games left. <laughs> right? He's needed for the long haul, not the short term. So good to hear from Coach McDaniels today that he's okay and he's going to be good to go Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And hopefully – they get Jacoby Myers back as well. That's a guy that they really need to have as a part of this team. I do think number 16 is very, very valuable 
for the success of the offense moving forward. Final sound bite from Coach McDaniels. And, again, we'll take your calls and texts if you have them at 702-365-9200, kind of putting a bow on this game. Matter of fact, we'll start turning the page early. Normally we go Monday and Tuesday uh, talking about this game. We'll really start turning the page to uh, this upcoming week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll start that tomorrow just because there's not a whole lot to continue to break down and harp on and this, that, and the other. Uh, Look, it was a bad game. Crumple it up. Throw it away. Throw it in the trash can here at the Oyo and call it a day, right? And then uh, and then keep it moving. That's really what you got to do. But the final soundbite from Coach McDaniels is on Zamir White, right? He got a couple runs there in late in the game and uh, looked like he had a little spark, had a little uh, speed to him, but then he put the ball on the ground. So here's Coach McDaniels' thoughts on Zamir White. Again, I, I don't think – I mean, Zamir did, did some decent things until he put the ball on the ground, you know. So um, – but, that again, I, I don't think this is a – uh, switch one person like certainly not switching out J- Josh Jacobs. So um, this is a this is a we we all have to do a better job. Our football team will see that clearly today. Um, and again, this you know these ones sting because you you're excited to go in there and you're excited to play against a team that's a pretty damn good football team that's really well coached and has been that way for a number of years in a hostile environment. And you know and you go in there and you start decent. And then, you know, based on a number of factors, uh, the game can flip on you. And when the game flips on you, it feels like it gets out of hand. And, you know, da-da-da. but when you watch the tape, you're going to see the why. And I think the opportunity is there for our team, if we want to take advantage of it, to try to avoid this from happening again, because there's certain things we can do a lot better than what we did yesterday. Again, give them all the credit in the world. They out, outplayed us, outcoached us, outexecuted us. And, and that's the reason why they won. Uh, but we can learn from this and be better for it, and that's the hope, the hope and uh, the goal for today. So there you go. Coach McDaniels talking about Zamir White and uh, definitely no conversation about sitting Josh and getting Zamir going, right? I do think that there's going to be a one-two punch between the two, but the only way to get Josh Jacobs going and getting him into the rhythm and getting him in, in, in sync with his offensive line is what? Play him. <laughs> right? There's nothing you can do. You can't sit there and say, well, sit on the bench and, well, okay, then, then you're going to get on the same page. No, you, there's only one way. Me and Vinny were talking about that in the press room earlier today. He's like, look, Zamir ran fast. He looked good for a couple runs. But the only way to get Josh Jacobs up to speed is to literally get Josh Jacobs up to speed, right? The only way for somebody to get better at this radio game is to be on the radio, not sit back and listen to me <laughs> and sit back and do it, right? That's all you can do is do it. So – at some point, you know, I think Josh will get up to speed and they'll be all on the same page. You just hope it's sooner rather than later. And I hope that Zamir White's able to be that nice compliment to Josh. There's things that Josh does really well that Zamir doesn't do. Blocking, for instance. We were praising the hell out of Josh Jacobs week one about the blocking he did and really sprung Jimmy G to, uh, you know, to be able to get that, that, uh, that game ceiling first down. He does that really well there's not too many in the league and I say that in the league that block as well as Josh Jacobs Samir White's got to continue to work on that Josh Jacobs catches the ball really well Samir White's got to continue to work on that now I'll give him credit he got a catch for week one against Denver but you saw that Josh Jacobs made himself available to Jimmy G quite a bit on Sunday and and that was a positive right he had what five catches and he had the one play where Matt Milano just mossed him I'm not mad at Jimmy G for that I'm not mad at Josh Jacobs for that I'm mad at that damn player for Buffalo just coming over the top and saying, nope, give me that. I want it more than you do, and just moss the hell out of him. I don't think anyone expected that. I know I didn't expect it until I saw it. Blew my mind that it happened. So 
I know Jimmy technically has three interceptions on the season. That's not good. That's not what you want, obviously. But there was also a really good play made, and then obviously the other two were, were tips. And, well, the, the Bills and the Broncos, like good defenses do, came up with the play, something I've been talking about quite a bit. So uh, there you go. There's that. So definitely appreciate that. And uh, my man Ari is telling me that we don't really have enough time uh, to get to Dan's call. Are you sure we don't have enough time to get it real quick? It's only a couple minutes long. All right, let's do it. How about All right, let's do it. I just wanted – hey, I want it to be heard, man. I mean, Dan won tickets to the Raiders game on Sunday, and I want everyone to hear what winning sounds like. So here's the call I made to Dan a little while ago earlier today. Hello? Hey, is this Dan? Yes. Dan, how you doing, man? It's Q from Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Q. Hey, remember me? I was the guy at the at the O last year, and, and I got in an argument with DeMont La- – them on about San Diego State and UNLV. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, you know, you're 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 gonna be right because Demond's never right about anything. <laughs> hey man, we went we went to the championship game, my brother. I know, good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> you you are like the hardest guy to get a hold of, my man. Well, you know what? I kept seeing this Fresno call, right? I got a bunch of crank calls. I'm going, who the hell from Fresno? I, I got a good friend of mine who has a cabin up there. But he don't have a phone up there. He can't get. He doesn't have any cell service. Well, uh, hey, I'm glad you finally picked up, man, because I got some great news for you. Tell me. I'm gonna get you hooked up. Well, you actually got yourself hooked up. You uh, you got registered on the morning tailgate last week uh, for a couple tickets to the Raiders Steelers game on Sunday night, prime time action. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're yeah, hooking you up with a pair. You know and, and, and well, you know, I'm the guy who lives in San Diego and Vegas, right? Yeah. And and so I got I got to come. Out. And I'm a season ticket holder, you know. Yeah, nice. So, but I gave my tickets to a friend of mine. Okay, for good. Sunday's game. So, so now I got to get in the car and come out to Vegas and see y'all. That's right. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that, man. We definitely want you to come see us. And I want to congratulate you on all your success, my friend. I mean, uh, you're a good man, and I listen to your show every day, man. Thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. It's been a long grind, long, long, fun journey, but it's here, and, and we're having a lot of fun doing it. You keep, you keep at it, man. You get where you want to go, right? Exactly right, exactly right. Well, I'll tell you what. Thanks to Boyd Gaming, the official local casino partner of the Raiders. You want to go to the game on Sunday at Legion Stadium, and you're going to be in the building. Oh, good. Can I be on the field, too? (laughs) Hey, man, look, all you got to do is ask, right? (laughs) I know that's right. I know that's right. Well, have a good time at the game, man. I just want to call you and congratulate you personally myself. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I'll see you soon. There he goes, Dan Smith. He'll see us soon. He'll see us on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. We'll be at the Torch. I'll be doing the pre-pre-show, and then JT and Eric Allen will be doing the pre-game show for Compass Media. So definitely come check us out at the Torch in preparation for Raiders and Steelers. Call number nine is what I'm looking for right now. Power trip, two tickets all three days, October 6th, 7th, and 8th. All right, it's all good. Sounds good, no problem. Uh, Indio, Indio, California at Empire Polo Club, home of Coachella. You want to be there. Friday, Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, Saturday, ACDC, Judas Priest, Sunday, Metallica, Tool. All the power t- t- the tri- tickets are at powertrip.live, but you can win a pair of tickets right now. Caller number nine is what we're looking for. When you hear that music, you know the sh- show is getting wrapped up. 
Uh, we only have less than a minute left, so uh, caller number nine, hit the phone lines again, 702-365-9200. We got Ari on edge right now in the Finley Catholic Performance Studio. That's what happens when I'm on location, and, well, that's what happens when I'm on location. So Ari's doing the great best job he can. We definitely appreciate him, and we appreciate you, Raider Nation. So we'll be back tomorrow continuing to talk about the silver and black in preparation for week three action against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, again, hit up our lines right now. There's only 30 seconds left in the show. Call number 9, 702-365-9200. We're going to send you the power chip. See how we do? We send you out winning. The show ends with a winner. We want winners, just like here at the Oyo inside the Splash Cantina. We're here every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. We definitely appreciate you. We'll be on location on Friday as well at another Buffalo Wild Wings that we'll tell you about at a later time. But thank you, Ari. Great job, man, navigating through the waters. You're a rock star, and we appreciate you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's Randish Radio 920. Have a good one. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at Porta Subs. Dot com.